0: Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Andy and Armost live. So today we have a really good one. I um, Really want to help everyone kind of communicate with clients and prospects and just really fill up your pipeline and get those clients flowing in. So we're going to talk about some, some strategies and we're also going to talk about some topical things which are happening right now and making sure that you are absolutely taking advantage of all these opportunities. And yes, very much so they are opportunities. So who is this podcast slash webinar for? It is by advisors for advisors. This is exactly for you. Anyone looking to grow their practice, you are in the right place. Andy, welcome, my friend. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Probably like you longing for that uh, first bloom and, you know, that first smell of spring uh, coming around the the bend, hopefully. February at least went quickly. So that's good. Hopefully, uh, the same will be true of March. But I'm good. Thank you for asking, and thanks everybody for joining us. And uh, you know, put put your comments and whatever into the chat.
0: Absolutely. And you may want to bring out a pen and paper for this one. We're going to be going through uh, a lot of different strategies and ideas. Um, hopefully, uh, not hopefully. You're going you to be walking away with tons of ideas to help you grow your practice today. So uh, the topical thing is, there's a lot of things happening right now, and it's not just the the war in the Ukraine. There's inflation, and there's Uh, energy costs and so many things are happening right now and the markets are responding to it with lots of turbulence and fluctuations. And I just want to make sure that everyone is on the same path in the sense we should be looking at this as an absolute opportunity. You know, a lot of people are asking me, you know, with everything that's happening right now, should should I be playing defense or should I be playing offense? And to me, I've never been an or person. I've always been an and. So really the answer to that question is both. You should be playing defense and you should be playing offense. Now, the defense aspect, you know, should have been done way before what's happening today, but it's never, it's never too late. So I'm going to dig right into here. You know, uh, Benjamin Franklin said investment in knowledge pays the best interest. And that is not just for your clients. This is also for you as an advisor. And what do I mean by that? Well, for one, you know, everything that's happening right now, the market's being down, and a lot of turmoil. This should not be surprising any of your clients. Um, you should be educating your clients along the way. And the best part is if you're doing a good job as an advisor, your clients should be looking at this as an absolute buying opportunity and not looking to bail out of, out of the markets. So constant communication, very, very important. Not just your clients, but even your prospects. So too many times I saw advisors in the past, You know, they only reach out to prospects once in a while when the reality is you should be providing value every step of the way, even if they're not your clients. So uh, constant communication is key, whether it's emails, phone calls, whatever it is. Crashes and fluctuations are very much an opportunity. So we're gonna be discussing that. Andy, over to you, what are your, some, some of your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, I, I love your tagline there. You know, the defense and the and the offense, you know, there's that famous saying, the best uh, defense is a good offense. Uh, in this case, it's kind of both. And for anybody who's into hockey, you know, the players that make the most impact play the whole 200 feet, right? They're always being mindful of everything, not just about scoring, but also mitigating um, any potential uh, opportunities for it to get scored on or to lose.
0: Yeah. It's so Canadian for us to be using hockey analogies.
1: <laughs> so
0: I want to bring this up and um, – the, the chart on the right is basically the VIX. And for those who are unaware, and I'm sure you, most of you are aware, it's just basically uh, an indicator of the volatility in the markets. The reason I'm even posting this is not, it's not really something you should be tracking, but every major downturn in the markets has always been pre- preluded or precluded by massive volatility. And the reason I even brought this up is because talking to some advisors, you know, they may mention that last week was a pretty rough week. I believe there was a day that the Dow was down over a thousand points, which is uh, scary for many people. But at the same time, that same day, the markets actually rallied and they were up a little bit. So that everyone kind of got that uh, relief, right? But what you don't understand is whenever there's that much turmoil, whether the markets are up or down, it doesn't, it's almost like a band aid. Things are happening behind the scenes. They're gonna keep this going. And this is the stuff that I wanna bring up. I can tell you myself as an advisor, I'm guilty of this. Whenever I sit down with a client or a prospect, you know, you show them past rates of return of indices. So for instance, if you look at the chart on the left, all the blue bars are effectively the the year ending rate of return of the index. But we don't see what happens in between those times. I mean, we know it's not a straight line to whatever that return was. So if I pick a date, for instance, let's say, um, well, 2008, everyone's well aware of, the market's finished, down thirty-eight or down thirty-eight percent, but the reality is, at the trough, it was forty-nine percent. If we took take something a little bit more extreme, the very next year in two thousand nine, you know, we can look at that and say, oh, you know, the markets had a great a great year; they were up twenty-three percent. But what we don't see behind the scenes is that during that time, there was a twenty-eight percent drop in the markets. So it's very, I, I want to say disingenuous, but sometimes we kind of gloss over these things because we see the rates of return and we, and we project them to our clients and prospects based on where they ended for the year. So looking at the blue, you would say, oh yeah, it looks like a pretty, pretty smooth line. But the reality is even in those good years, there've been some massive fluctuations in, in, um, in the markets, which will affect your client's psyche. I mean, I know Andy, you, you deal with clients as well. What are some of your thoughts?
1: Well, you know, I, you know, one of the things I always keep in the back of my mind is uh, what, what clients don't know could fill an ocean, right? And our job is to just make sure that they're having a safe journey in the boat, but we're the captains of the ship, making sure that we're getting to their destination. And they don't need to know every little bit of bits and pieces. That's what we're here for, right? And I, I think that's, that's the key here is making the client feel like you got their back you're the subject matter expert, you're there to explain it in terms that they can other understand, whether it's really simplifying things or really getting into the needs and uh, you know, the nitty gritty. Because you know, let's face it, some clients like to know everything and they like to see charts and numbers where others are like, just tell me what I need to do, but right. make it yeah. so that I understand it.
0: Yeah. So really the, the takeaway from this, from this slide is, you know, even if the markets are doing okay over the long run, people still get spooked when they see those huge fluctuations because we know that the clients don't look at their statements December 31st of each year. Chances are they're getting monthly or quarterly statements and some of your clients are checking this stuff every single day. So they're actually seeing those huge fluctuations, whether they're mentioning it to you or not, could be a different story. But if the markets are down and they're all over the place, it is gonna create anxiety for your clients and your prospects. And this is where the opportunity lies, right? These are year-to-date returns. Um, The markets, as, as of about an hour ago, the markets were down even, Further and in fact, these numbers are actually not too bad because we had a huge rally the last uh, at the end of last week, which make these numbers look a little bit better. They were uh, the Dow. I know for a fact was down more than ten percent, but uh, and that may happen by the end of today as well. But this is the stuff, kind of stuff your client sees now. Even if you've trained them well and, and you explain to them the markets going up and down, you know that the, the way the media works, if it bleeds, it leads. So if the markets are getting hammered, well, guess what whether they're watching CNN or Fox or, or uh, any type of uh, BNN type of stuff, they're still. this is still in their face and they're talking about markets going down and things are getting worse and all this kind of stuff. So you need to be aware of the fact that your clients are probably being exposed to this stuff. Even if you're trying to teach them uh, the right things on the other side, they're still being exposed to this stuff, right? So on top of these market downturns, there's also inflation we need to worry about now too. In Canada, it's over 5% and the US is 7.5%. So now we have a situation where inflation is rising while the markets are declining, which is kind of a double whammy. And for the first time in I think, I don't know how many years, uh, the price of oil is over hundred dollars today because of the war in, in the Ukraine and in Russia. And I look at the, um, the price for oil and energy as a multiplier effect, because everything that you own at some point was sitting on a truck. So it had to be driven there. So that means that any, supplies, food, clothes, whatever that you buy, moving forward, as gas prices increase, well, the cost of delivery increases. And of course, that price has to be filtered down to the actual consumer. So it's just going to add to the whole inflation thing. And Andy, what are your thoughts on this?
1: Well, yeah, you know, one of the, unfortunately, one of the harsh realities is, you know, when things are, there's turmoil in the market, the people that feel the real impact, like, you know, yes, money and portfolio values up and down tend to be, you know, the the middle classes and the working classes, because every dollar counts, right? If somebody has a $100 million and their portfolio drops to $90 million, yeah, it's, you know, there's still an impact there, but they're not going to be devastated by that. And that's why you know, with number one, that's why people with money have advisors is really to do all of that stuff and make sure that all of those things and and balls are being bounced in the air for tax reasons and, you know, end of year reporting and all that kind of stuff. But it's that middle that needs this even more. And but they just don't know it. And our job is to really get them to look into the light and take their head out of their sand, out of the sand. Right. And This is why I'm so passionate about it, is you know, when people trust either institutions that they shouldn't because they're not really looking out for the best interest, or worse yet, doing absolutely nothing. And partly because they don't know why. They don't know what this impact is until unfortunately it's too late. And you know, I, I like to think of us as as coaches in that sense, you know, players can be great and have, have talent and things like that. But I can tell you behind every amazing player, whatever sport it is, is a great coach that reviews the games that looks at what's going on, sees when they're at their best, sees what they're at their worst and kind of tries to find that leveling out to keep that balance going. And that's the message that we really have to hit home when we talk about all this stuff, like everybody here, we understand these things, but the average person doesn't. But how do we get that to resonate quickly?
0: Well, let's talk about how we can do that. So here is a chart that basically shows how the markets have performed since 2009 until today. And if your clients are reaching out to you right now and they're a little bit worried, so I can tell you a, maybe a little trick that I used when I was an advisor. Um, I would explain you know, the way to look at the markets is imagine somebody is standing on an escalator and they're playing with a yo-yo. So the yo-yo is going up and down, up and down, up and down, but the escalator continues to ascend. So that's the way that you should be focusing on the markets. So don't focus on the yo-yo, which is the the daily fluctuations, but instead focus on the escalator because that's where the general trend of the markets are. And a little mind trick that I used to use uh, with my clients was if they're worried about market downturns, like some of them might be worried now, I would pull out an index chart, which is effectively a chart which tracks... I don't know how many indices around the world for the past, I don't know, something like a hundred years. And then I put, I would, I would lay it out on a table and I would explain to them and say, okay, here's how the markets have performed over the past, whatever, 50, 80, hundred years point to me all the times you wish you would, you could have invested. So if you had, if you had a crystal ball, you can go back in time, point to me all the times that you wish you could have added some money. And guess what, Andy, where do you think they pointed?
1: Well, I I think you're going to make your point right now is that, you know, being in the game is the most important thing, right?
0: Well, when they got a chance to pick a specific time, they always pick the downsides, right? So they would have picked 2008. Uh, They they would have picked, uh, you know, where it says S&P 500 enters a bear market. They would have picked when the the stocks fall 30% in 22 days back in, I believe it was 2000. So they would have actually picked all the absolute worst days worst market days or the worst losses would have been the days they would have picked because that would have been the best buying opportunity. Yet here we are a lot of clients. Prospects are looking at the fluctuations in the markets and they're saying, well, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to invest, which makes absolutely no sense. Uh, this might be the best time to invest. I'm not suggesting that we are at the bottom by any stretch, but we know we're nowhere near the top. So again, it's, it's getting your clients and your prospects to start focusing on the things which actually do matter and more long-term. But I'll get into that short-term, long-term thing as as well as we we move along. So here are some of the things that we know. And unfortunately, there's a lot of things that we don't know, but here are some of the things that we know as a fact. Inflation is up, right? I mean, there's no doubt about that. Um, At at some point, we were talking about transitory inflation. That's out the window now. We know for a fact this is more long-term. Now, whether it's going to last a year or two years or more, we don't know. But the reality is inflation is up and it's up enough to actually make a difference in people's lives, both daily and for their retirement as well. So, what happens after inflation is up? Well, the Federal Reserve has already indicated that they are they are expecting to do several rates, uh, sorry, several raise rates throughout the year. Uh, I believe March fifteenth or sixteenth is the next time they meet, and I've heard a minimum of twenty five basis points increase, and as high as a fifty basis points increase, uh, depending on which economists that you that you talk to. Um, another I guess, casualty of rising interest rates is bond valuations will decline as well. Please keep in mind, the, the very bottom there says not a forecast or prediction. I'm just explaining economics, marketing 101 or uh, stock, stock trading and bond trading 101 here. I'm not making any suggestions that this is exactly what's going to happen or whether you should make any changes. I'm just providing with you the facts and some information. And then with that, you should be able to take it, maybe do some of your own research and figure out how you want to portray this to your clients and prospects. So we know rising interest rates affect bonds in a negative way, certainly in the short term. Um, If the Fed will increase interest rates, then obviously it's going to have higher borrowing costs for companies, which means higher expenses, which potentially means lower profits. Uh, And of course, for us as consumers, higher inflation means less money that we can spend our money on or at the very least, for the same money that we're spending, we get, to, we get to buy less things, right? As I mentioned before, energy is going to make that a little bit worse. All this leads to lower profits for companies. Lower profits mean lower stock valuations potentially. And of course, lower valuations also equal, equal lower market returns. Does that mean the market is going to be negative? I don't know. But at the very least, we know there's going to be pressure on, on stocks. Um, in the sense that the expense is going to be higher and it's going to be harder for companies to show bigger profits.
1: I agree. I think it's, it's really understanding that whole tapping into that, you know, that FOMO, that fear of missing out. Right. And as you said, right now there's values out there, right. When the market is kind of going down and obviously being in the game is important, but if there's any time to join the game, it's, it's likely now. And when you're also factoring in inflation, well, Your dollar potentially is losing value every day that you're not putting it to a good use and reminding people that every dollar that you earn today that isn't going to your daily expenses has a job in the future and you want to give it the best job possible. And at least in an investment, maybe you're matching or beating that inflation, but at least you're not losing the value of your money, which is a given right now during inflationary times.
0: Yep. And you raise a good point, though, Andy, too. So I think maybe doing absolutely nothing maybe isn't the best option. It may be the best option, but it may not be the best option for everybody. You know, I read a study just last week which showed that people were happy that uh, Social Security went up, I think it was 5.9% or 5.5%. I can't remember exactly what that number was. And people were apparently were really happy about that because it's a pretty significant increase. And I'm thinking to myself, guys, this makes no sense. Inflation is seven and a half. If you're raising benefits by 5.9, I think it was 5.9, you're still losing 1.6%. If you say, you know, if somebody tells you that I don't want to invest my money, I want to keep in a bank account. Well, congratulations, you still lost 7.5% in buying power and purchasing power simply by leaving the money in a bank account. So this is where we come in as advisors to provide this advice and really give people options. And I believe that is our job. Our job isn't to tell people what to do. Our job is to inform our clients and our prospects and from there they can make an, uh, an educated decision on which direction they should they should take right I and, what I
1: yeah. and, and what are some of the
0: options yeah and what are some of the options because i don't want to just come around and just say here's here's what's happening here are, are some things that you could consider when dealing with clients and prospects so the first one is is buy and hold kind of play off the whole netflix and chill thing buy netflix and chill i'm not suggesting you go out and buy netflix i'm just using this as a play on words but effectively it's a buy and hold so that's not a bad strategy, and for many people, that may actually be the best strategy, right? For, so for the right people, tune out the noise, don't listen to the crap, don't listen to all that stuff that's happening around you. We know that long-term, it's all going to recover, and then for a, lot of, for, for a lot of people, that might be the best option for them is to just pretend that this is happening and then just let this thing ride out and you'll be fine. That's one, one thing. How, however, having said that, there is this short-term versus long-term thing as well So that works great, the buy and hold for for long-term investors. So someone's in their 40s, they're not retiring for 20 to 25 years. Yeah, you know what? Everything that's happening around the world right now, inflation in Ukraine, really means nothing 25 years from now. However, if you have clients that are in the process of purchasing a home or a boat, this is not the time to have that money in the markets. That money should not be in the markets. That's more short-term. It's probably best that they take that money out and park it somewhere because if they end up losing 10, 15%, guess who they're gonna blame? They're gonna be blaming you, right? You know, another strategy that your clients could be using and they could already be using is dollar cost averaging. Fantastic way to kind of buy low. Um, So obviously if the markets go down, the same amount of money you're putting in on a monthly or weekly basis buys more shares. As it goes up, you buy a little bit less. So kind of averages out and works in your favor. Now, having said that, dollar cost averaging doesn't necessarily mean on a monthly basis. It could also be, you know what, if I have money built up in my bank account and I'm not sure what to do with it, this may be a good time to buy a little bit lower than what it was before. Uh, certainly six months ago or, 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 a year ago. Right. So there's a couple of different ways to look at dollar cost averaging.
1: Yeah. Ermos, good point. And you know, we're certainly aware that everybody on this show understands these things, right? So it's kind of preaching to the choir here, but I think what, Airmos is pinpointing in here is the key bullet points to keep it at a level where the average person can understand and have and and resonate. Right.
0: I agree. Andy. Yeah, of course. I, I'm going to assume that every single person on this webinar right now, this is not news to them. I'm just giving you suggestions as to what you should be telling your clients. Right. Cause sometimes we forget that like we know so much that we just assume that people know this stuff. But the reality is they don't know this stuff. They have their own lives. They have their own things that they're worried about. They're not worried about this stuff. They're paying us to worry about this stuff. So we have to educate our clients. So great point, Annie. This is not necessarily meant uh, as an education for the people on this webinar. This is more, hey, guys, take this information and start talking to your clients and prospects about it, right?
1: I actually love what you just said. That's what you're paying me for is to worry about this stuff so you don't have to. I love it. Exactly.
0: Exactly. So again, I'm not making any uh, recommendations for any type of investments, but what you should be looking for, you should already have in most people's portfolios is something which is negatively correlated. I can't even tell you how many times I sat down with prospects before they became my clients and they'd have all these funds and they would tell me how diversified, how diversified they are. But then when you actually dug a little bit deeper, you realize that they'd have uh, um, the exact same holdings in, in, in all their investments. So effectively they were not diversified at all. So what you should be looking for are um, negative correlation investments. And there's not a lot of them out there, but for sure there's one uh, that is real estate. So if you can find a real estate fund um, that typically does not oscillate with the the stock market. So that's a really good hedge against market fluctuations. Uh, Rebalancing, so somebody maybe doesn't have extra money to put aside right now, you can still take advantage of these down markets by simply rebalancing or investing a little bit more. So I'll give you an example. If somebody right now has an 80-20, they're a moderate aggressive investor, 80% equity, 20% fixed income. They don't have extra money to invest in the markets right now, but because the markets are actually declining, chances are their fixed income portion didn't decline as much as their, their equity. Might be a good time to rebalance, which basically means you are selling off some fixed income and buying equity. So, even within this existing portfolio, you still actually have an opportunity to buy low, right? And this is one which very few people use. And quite honestly, again, it's not for every investor, but for the clients, the right clients that actually did this, they were probably some of my happiest clients as an advisor. And that's using insurance as an asset. Okay. So, I don't want you to look at this as. I don't need life insurance or my client doesn't need life insurance or I don't believe in this. It doesn't matter what you believe in, right? This is, just a, this is just a fact and this is a strategy that I use with some of my clients and it worked out extremely well. Um, with low interest rates, you know, CDs in the US and GICs in Canada, we've had extremely low interest rates, which means that uh, those types of investments, if you want to call them that, the returns were abysmal, um, not to mention it's also fully taxable. So it's been an absolute horrible investment over the last probably 15, 20 years. But however, if you had taken that part of their portfolio, which is the fixed income portion, and I didn't suggest you take all of it, but let's say you took a chunk of that money and you put it into this participating insurance policy, where you get a guaranteed rate of return, which is always going to be high, I'm trying to say always, for the past 20 years, it's been higher than a CD or a GIC, not only are you getting a higher rate of return, but at the same time you're also, uh, it's effectively tax-free money as well. So by combining uh, a little bit of insurance as an asset in the portfolio, a lot of times makes a big difference in people's portfolios, right? And because it's not correlated with any interest rate hikes, it really doesn't matter. So right now, if your client has a bunch of money sitting in bonds, and again, I'm not suggesting you should be taking your clients out of bonds. I'm just saying that if you have clients right now that have a large holdings in bonds, when interest rates start to rise, your short-term anyways, your bond positions will get affected negatively. However, if you had the exact same fixed income inside this insurance policy, it would be absolutely irrelevant. The the money would always continue to increase. It will not decrease at all. Andy, I'm not sure if you ever used uh, insurance as an asset with your clients, but um, I don't know. What are some of your thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, I mean, I personally tend to to recommend par policies really when every other Mac tax strategy's been maxed out especially with small business owners doctors lawyers IT professionals um but you know in these kind of times it, it now puts it on the purview a little bit more for a, a broader market
0: yeah excellent all right so that's the defense part now let's talk about a little bit of offense here so i cannot emphasize enough like this is the time guys this full court press on all your prospects, like this, they're, they're, like this, these are the times that you should be looking forward to as an advisor, because this is the time that people are actually gonna answer the phone. This is the time that people are gonna respond to your emails. These are the p- time where people actually want to have their questions answered because they're getting hit by it on news, or social media, whatever it is, they can't hide from it. All this stuff is happening and they're gonna have questions because they're gonna be a little bit worried. So you should be calling, emailing, texting, shouting from the rooftop, smoke signals, whatever it is, you should be reaching out to every single one of your prospects this week. Like, I don't care if you have 50 prospects or 500 prospects, you should be reaching out to every single one of them. And something that worked for me amazingly well when I was an advisor again, um, was I would ask them questions about what their current advisor is doing to basically help out their situation. So an example would be, if you're, if you get a hold of somebody prospect, you say, what, what has your advisor recommended recently to minimize your market losses or what has your advisor recommended recently to get you to take advantage of the opportunities of these, of these market losses. Right. And there's going to be a large percentage of those prospects that are going to say, I haven't heard from my advisor in months. And then you're going to be something on the lines of, Oh, that's, that's unfortunate. Um, don't you think it's a good time for you to be having a conversation with your advisor? You know, something along something along those lines, another one as well with, or with inflation, you know, has your advisor recommended recently to minimize the negative effects of high inflation? So, again, we know that most advisors, no one on this call, of course, but most advisors reach out to their clients probably once a year to pick up a check, right? Um, Or do an annual review and and very minimal communication throughout, throughout the year. So, this is a fantastic opportunity to reach out to every single one of your prospects. I'll guarantee you, most of the prospects right now have not heard from the advisor in months and certainly not in the last couple of months where the markets are getting. I hate to use the word killed, but certainly going down and with all the turmoil in energy costs and inflation and, and the Russia-Ukraine thing. So there's a ton of opportunities here to get people interested because they're going to have questions that they want answered. And using that referral link is huge. I know, Andy, you're a big proponent of that. Why don't you give us an idea about how you would use this in your practice?
1: Well, absolutely. Crisis creates opportunity. I know it may sound ugly or unfavorable to say that, but it's true. And that means that it's prime time for advisors to have conversations and start having conversations and re-engaging conversations with clients about how inflation might affect their plans and what they can do to mitigate risk or minimize risk and for a future retiree you know inflation can be a concerning if- issue primarily because no one knows how long they need to plan for right In other words, when are they going to die and I think it's flushing out that emotional response so I ask people, I put it on them. So what happens if you were to run out of money? Tell me how that plays out. Because when you evoke that emotional response, that's when somebody really gets that buy-in, when they don't have that answer, right? And so this is really tapping into, okay, if you're not going to do this, what are you going to do? And if not now, then when, right? And the one thing I wanted to mention earlier, because you've done it so great, Hermos, is have those really great analogies because that's the magic sauce when you get to hit home a point with somebody is having an analogy. And I love the escalator and the yo-yo thing. Like I can picture that. And I'm like, that's exactly that. That I, I couldn't have phrased that better, right? Yeah. And so have those awesome analogies that really the average person can um, can tune into.
0: Absolutely. You have to relate to a- have to simplify things because, um, you know, we, we tend to use a lot of industry jargon and, and assume that people know this stuff when really they don't. It's a little bit complicated and sometimes they're afraid to ask you questions because they think that they're going to come across seeming dumb or stupid about it. But there are no dumb questions, right?
1: Well, ermos you pointed out, you know, the Netflix and, chi- Netflix and chill and tune out the noise. Well, it made me think of, think of like a radio dial. I know I'm kind of aging myself by, the, you know, the radio dial. And imagine somebody just going up and down and up and down. But when you get into that station and you get the exact frequency, you can hear everything. You understand everything. There's clarity. That's really what we're doing. We're that beacon. So let's do things that are going to boost that signal. One, by outreach, calling, staying in touch, saying, hey, the radio dial at 99.9, right? Tune in and get all your favorites, right? How to earn money, how to protect risk, whatever. This is really key. And the only way we're going to do that is to broadcast that signal out and get as many people as an audience as we can. And you mentioned the reasons and ways to do that.
0: At the end of the day, it's all about the the value of advice that we bring to our clients. And there's tons of information out there. One of my favorites is Vanguard. Um, The one that I'm using right now is Russell because it was the most recent one. And so there's tons of these studies out there. I mean, you guys should be out there hammering this stuff putting this on clients and your prospects, all those do it yourselfers that think they're actually doing themselves a favor by doing things on their own. We know that's not true. And, you know, Russell did fantastic um, research and they came out and I'm not going to talk about all five of them, but these are all the ways that an advisor can provide value to their clients. And I think the one which is most relevant today is um, B, right? Um, The reason why, your clients should be paying you and be happy to do so. Yes, we do all this wonderful stuff, but I think what we take for granted sometimes is we are there when they're about to make the mistake or the biggest mistake, right? The biggest mistake of their lives. 2008, for instance, markets are down 49%. Anybody who pulled their money out and sat in the sidelines for a year will never make their money back. They could live to be a hundred, they'll never make their money back because the markets effectively doubled over a short period of time, After 2009. So, who kept them invested? It's us as advisors that kept them invested. And I know we're a little bit over time, Andy, but I gotta show this quick story. You know, when 2008 was going down and, you know, everyone's running around with their hair on fire, um, I, and it, it was proof to me that I did a very good job in educating my clients because I had over 400 clients. I only had a handful of clients that were calling me that were truly, truly worried about what was going on. And of all those clients, only two, only two of them uh, said pull my money out even after I explained everything. And the thing I mentioned to both of them was, um, no, I'm not going to pull your money out. I know it's your money, but I refuse to allow. I refuse to allow you to commit financial suicide. Is basically what I said to them. So if you want to move your, if you want to move your money out of investments and into cash, then what you're going to do is you're going to walk into your local bank and they're going to get you the. They're going to ask for t T2033. So using Canada, it's a transfer form transfer form you fill out gets mailed to my company once they get the, the the form then we transfer all the money to your bank and then once the money's uh, at your bank then I'll, you can let them uh put all your money in cash because I, re- I refuse to do it on, on my end right and uh both of them actually you know there was a long pause because this was done over the phone and they both re- they both of them basically said something along the lines of and i'm paraphrasing you really feel that strongly about what's happening? And I said, yes, I I, I, am that, I feel that strongly about it. And sure enough, Andy, both of them decided to stay invested. And then for the next five years, I don't think I got more introductions and referrals from any other clients- I was gonna ask that, that question. those two. Yep. Right? They were about to make the biggest mistake in their life. So I don't care whether there's uh, news reports out there that the value advice is too expensive or we charge too much fees in, in, in our industry. That's all BS because that day I earned every single dime I made in fees for those clients and all my clients for that matter, by just by keeping them invested. Right.
1: Yep. I, I agree hundred percent. And I say it to clients all the time. What do you value more? The opinion of somebody that tells you what you want to hear or what you need to hear. Exactly. And if it's, if it's what you want to hear, there's the door.
0: Yeah. So just to finish off uh, some of the things that you should be doing immediately. If you haven't already done so, and by, and by done so, this is stuff you should have been doing for the past months or years, is educating your clients on these things that are happening right now. This should not come as a surprise to any of your clients. In fact, they should be looking at this as an actual opportunity. However, reach out to your happy luck, happy clients and explain to them that you know during these times, there's a lot of people out there that aren't hearing from their advisors because most advisors are hiding under the desk right now. Perfect opportunity for you to introduce me to a friend Uh, I'm not looking for clients. If they want to become a client, fantastic. But that's not the purpose of my call today or email or whatever it is. The purpose is I just want to help people because there's a lot of people out there that have questions that need answered and they're not getting the answers to their questions. So feel free to give them my number. Feel free to shoot them my email. And I'd be happy to answer any questions. No commitment. No obligation. I'm just happy to do my part in making sure people feel a little bit better about the situation. Um, Plans was that the best opportunity to reach out to prospects right now, that referral link is absolutely gold. You should be sending that referral link out to every single prospect, every single lead you've received from Planswell, plus any prospects you've been working on, they should all be getting contacted from you this week, like a month from now. But this week, preferably today, is the time that you should be reaching out to every single one of your prospects and clients, because they're going to be far more likely to want to uh, speak to you because they have questions that, and, and they have concerns. Andy?
1: Yep. Uh, Once again, uh, for those of you who aren't partner advisors that are attending today, thanks so much. Just let you know, um, reach out to your AE that's been emailing you or to airmos at planswell.com. If you want to find out how to get on our platform and check it out, take it for a test drive. For those of you who are partner advisors, I apologize. I saw a couple of questions come in there, but those are more technical things that office hours and um, even the uh, plan craft that AirMos runs, those are there really here. We try to stay on, on topic. So it wasn't that we were trying to ignore you. Um, but thanks everybody for, for coming. Just a reminder if you're not a partnered advisor, you know, reach out and we'll uh, let you know how you can take uh, the system for a, a test drive. I don't think, Ermos, I missed anything, but... Uh... I think we're
0: on. I think the only thing that I'm going to finish with is um, every strategy that I mentioned today were for people that are uh, pre-retirees. Uh, there is an amazing strategy to uh, minimize risk you know, during these times called the free strategy that I specifically use for retirees. Uh, we don't have time today. And of course, all the leads that you get from Plans World are pre-retirees. So there's no point in talking about it today specifically. But if, there's, if there is interest in this, I'm happy to, to uh, create a webinar specifically based on this three bucket strategy, which is a pretty powerful strategy, which worked great for me. So if you are interested in something like this, shoot me an email at planswell.com and I'll be happy to uh, put that together. And with that, I want to, whoop, and doesn't seem to want to move. There we go. I want to thank every single person that came out this afternoon. We really appreciate you tuning in. And as I finish off all our broadcasts, Want to aspire to make a living, aspire to make a difference. Andy, as always, you are a star. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a wonderful day.
1: Thanks, Hermos. Thanks, everyone.